I really started developing like this intuition and started listening to my own self, becoming my own guru. And there's a great acronym for guru, which stands for G-U-R-U. Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name is Apple Crider and I am your host. So in this episode, we are talking with somebody. His name is Jake Woodard. And this is the episode where we actually go the deepest that I've ever gone on this show before. Like we go really, really deep into personal relationships, into really fulfillment and, and feeling empathy for other people. We go really, really deep on the emotional side of things in this episode. So if that's not something you're looking for, definitely feel free to find something else to listen to. But I think this is a very valuable episode for any entrepreneurs that are looking to be more well-rounded in their lives. And that's really what Jake Woodard is all about. He is somebody who's focused more on the the emotional and and really the holistic side of entrepreneurship rather than just the like work hard, go out there, go make some money. He's really more focused on on that side of things. And that's really because of his upbringing, which we've talked about. It's a very intense story. And this is like the most intense we get in in the very beginning of an episode of the podcast. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. And and Jake Woodard also, he has some really good stories about Ryan Scribner. So if you know who Ryan Scribner is, you're definitely going to stick around till the end because we get into some really good stories about Ryan. So without further ado, let's bring Jake on to Young Smart Money. Jake, welcome to the show. All right, Jake, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Man, in this moment, I'm feeling amazing. And it was interesting because this morning I was working through some pain, if you will. My Mm -hmm. older sister is currently in jail. She's a heroin addict and it, she's close to me and where I'm currently living. So energetically, I can feel her vibration. I can feel her pain. I can feel her suffering. And right now she's actually detoxing in jail. And you know, my, my story kind of began something like this. I, I grew up in a small little farm town of upstate New York. And as a little boy, I just had so much energy, man. And I'm sure you can relate this to, you know, yeah. you as well. And you're sure your listeners can too, especially, you know, entrepreneurial mindset. I just had so much freaking energy and I was always breaking shit. And, you know, I, I can remember my mother, she would always say to me, Jake, if you don't start behaving, I'm going to send you away to, to military school for the misbehaved boys. <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to that stupid school. Like, I'm just going to keep being this wild child, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, I, I attracted something or found something called sugar and Twinkies. <laughs> and as a young boy, I, just, I was addicted to sugar and I, I became this chubby little fat kid. And I was really picked on and bullied for it. And, you know, the bullies, they would give me titty twisters and call me fatty or call me five by five because I was five foot tall and five foot wide. <sighs> And, you know, so that, that was kind of the introduction to my pain, but the relationship that I had with my father was, you know, very toxic and very abusive and physically and mentally abusive relationship between him and I. And he tried killing me multiple times. Jeez. And when he would come home from work, he would lay down and take a nap and just being a young boy, I just want, I just wanted to play. So I'd be out in the living room and I'd hear one of two things. First thing I'd hear was... Jake, shut up or I'm going to come out there and kick your ass. Well, there was a lot more violent than that, but I'll, I'll spare your listeners the violence. But the next thing I heard was click, click, which is with a loading of a 12-gauge shotgun, him stomping down the hallway with it. Oh, my God. So that was kind of that. And basically, you know, I, I remember I was about 11 years old. We were riding in the truck. We were on our way to a job, construction job. I was working construction with him, and I did that for like 10 years. 
talk about his pain and suffering yeah. working with your father, who's a psycho at the time. But so I, I was, I punched him in his arm and I was joking around. He's like, so, so you want to punch, huh? And he reached over and punched me square in my nose and blood was dripping down my face and I'm crying. I'm like, how, how would he hit me? My God. And so you know, working with this, this energy, which I had no idea what I was doing at a young age. I had no yeah. idea what even pain and suffering even meant. When I was 13 years old, I can remember the day like it was yesterday. I was trying to break in the bathroom to pour ice cold water on my older sister, Jocelyn. <laughs> and she was my best friend. Like she was my hero. She's my idol. You know, if, if you have an older sibling, your listeners, you, you can relate to someone being older than you and you just really idolize that person. She yeah. was fearless. She was smart. She was witty. She, she was just had everything going for her in life. She was just all around just an amazing person, funny, witty, just outgoing, beautiful soul. And I just always wanted to be around her and her friends. And, you know, I thought they were really cool, but you know, my hormones probably said that they're really hot as well. <laughs> I was just being a, you know, inappropriate little boy, but so I'm trying to break in the bathroom. She's in the shower. It's the middle of summer. And I'm going to pour ice cold water on her. It's 95 degrees outside. I'm living at my mom's at the time. And I'm trying to get in the door. And I'm, I'm trying to fidget and unlock the door. And if you ever picked a door before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> a little but bit, a little this, bit. This bathroom door, I couldn't get in. So I just, I kicked the door open. And when I kicked <laughs> the door open, I see my sister laying on the floor with a needle in her arm. My God. So I started screaming for my mother. I'm like, mom, mom, what happened? What happened? Why did Jocelyn do this? Why would she do this? And at that point, we were able to get her to the hospital and get her revived. She had legally overdosed at that point. And so fast forward about a year, her and I were fighting in the kitchen. And I'm talking like, you know, if you've ever had a brother, brother, sister fight before, like, oh, yeah, you're stupid. It wasn't one of these fights. Jocelyn pulled out a butcher's knife and she threatened to stab me with it. And she was chasing me around the kitchen with it. So... Basically, I ran to my bedroom, locked the door, and I laid on the ground, and I started to cry, and that deep cry where your, st your throat starts to close. If you've ever lost anybody, if you've ever felt any deep pain, your throat really starts to close. Mm -hmm. And I'm crying so hard, and I have so much heaviness in my chest, and I think to myself, man, I, what would it be like if I, just, if I just ended all this now? And I looked up in the corner of my room, and I had a 20-gauge shotgun that I had got as a Christmas present, and it was sitting there in the corner of my room, and I thought about taking that turn it against me and take my own life. Damn. So basically, <clears throat> you know, in that moment, what I thought I found was fear and violence and anger and rage. I actually began finding love, self-love, love for myself, love for others, love for my family, love for my friends. And I was like, no, no, no. And I heard this voice come in my, in my head and the voice said, you can't leave yet. You have work here to do. And you're not leaving yet. There's wow. a purpose for you on this planet and you're not leaving yet. And I need you right now to stay here with me. Wow. So I sat with that and I felt with that. And I went through about eight years of pain and suffering of alcoholism, blacking out over 500 times, getting drunk, getting in fist fights, getting arrested for fighting being obese, being 80 pounds heavier than I am currently right now, being wow. angry inside, being addicted to pornography, heavily addicted to pornography. That was a big thing for me. Food, man, it's just about every different layer of pain that you could possibly imagine I went through 
And what I perceive now, that was the dark night of the soul. That was the energy that I was going through, the pain I was experiencing was so I could become a vessel of love and light to transmit that out into the world so I could help others awaken, so I could help others heal. So then I spent the last five years of my life fully immersed into my own healing. Wow. Wow. That is the deepest anybody has ever gone on an opening question on the <laughs> show ever. <laughs> I, I have so, so many questions for you. There's just so many things that, that I'm now wondering based on that, that intense, intense story of, of your upbringing. Uh, first of all, why? So, so clearly the, the, it was a very, I don't have a better word than intense, but intense time for you growing up, but you were able to, to really take that and like you said, transform into the place where you're at now. Why do you, why do you think you were able to do that? Because I know personally so many people who, who go through these, these things, not nearly at the level that you do, but, but they aren't able to, to use it as fuel for them to sort of transform into, into their next stage. How, how were you able to, to use this and to move forward with it and not let it drag you down? Yeah, I'm just super grateful, man. I'm super grateful that I was able to use this yeah. as a vehicle, as a vehicle for transformation. And for the listeners right now, take a look at your life and take a look at where you've experienced great amounts of pain. And within that pain, you will begin finding your gifts. Mm. That's where I learned to sharpen my intuition. I got really intuitive when I started working with my sister's energy of being high on heroin, being able to tell whether she was or wasn't high. I got really intuitive when my dad was about to snap and beat my ass and I knew when to flee. I could look in someone's eyes and tell you so much about their soul now because of what I went through with my family growing up. How do you develop that? Just like you would a muscle, just like going to the gym, just using it, just listening to it, trusting your body, trusting your intuition, the feelings that you get in your stomach. When something doesn't feel right, it's not sitting with you. Listen to that, honor it, look for it. Ask yourself the question, why is this energy showing up right now? What is this here to teach me? Okay. A lot of people are intuitive. You become more intuitive the more you listen to it, okay? We're naturally intuitive beings. Mm. You can tell right away the vibes that you get from somebody, yeah. whether they're a good fit or not for your life, okay? So the more you tune into that, that vibration that they're emitting to you and you're receiving it and you're giving one back, you sharpen that intuition just like the same way you go to the gym and you train your muscles. It's a, your, your intuition is a muscle, and that's just how it's sharpened. That's how it's strengthened. Mine just happened to be strengthened heavily through survival, through pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. Wow. And I, I mean, for me, and I, I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners will will feel the same way. I'm a very logical person, and like my brain, I, I choose my actions a lot more based on what my brain says than what my like gut or my intuition says. So it's definitely something that I have been trying to be a lot more intentional with since our last chat. Uh, that's one of the things that you brought up is just is being very intentional and really 
being present in yourself and, and figuring out what you're actually feeling. And that's something that's been, been very helpful for me to do to just like sit there and feel because I'm a very logical and like brain thinking person rather than like a gut feeling person. So but you're, you're also a very intuitive person. Okay. Okay. Remember, I'll that. take your word for that. <laughs> because, well, no, everyone is. Because before you can speak, you can feel. Remember that. Mm. Think about that. Feel about that. <laughs> so when you're, when you're in the womb and you're being developed in your mama's belly, mm-hmm. energetically, you're picking up vibrations from the food she's eating, from the conversation she's having, everything. When you're being conceived in the womb, energetically, you're picking up a vibration. What do you Already? mean by vibration? Energy. So you're absorbing energy. Everything in this universe is energy. Everything is vibration. Everything in this universe is vibrating, okay? It may look solid, but I promise you, it's just cells moving so fast it makes it look solid. This wall behind me is just a collection of cells moving and vibrating at a certain frequency that makes it look solid. Nothing's really solid. It's all vibration. Wow. So every, you start seeing things in energetic form. Like I see people in forms of energy. I don't see them as physical matter, right? It's just clumps, they're clumps of energy. They're clumps of energy vibrating around. They're floating around. When did that right? start for you? Man, through the development of my spiritual practices, right? And getting quiet with myself, the breath. Like before I got on this podcast episode, I was doing my breathing exercises to bring myself into this deep state of awareness, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for your listeners right now, I would invite you to think about where you're breathing from, okay? Most people, they breathe from their chest, okay? And that's why people feel anxious. They feel stressed. They feel worried because they're cutting off their oxygen supply. The richest blood flow is found in your lower stomach and your lower diaphragm. So that's why I always tell people, breathe from your belly, belly breathe. Hmm. You know, you think about it like if, if, if you were to get in an accident, the first thing they would tell you to do is breathe. Because you're stressed, your 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 panic, your fight or flight mode's kicking in. Yeah. So, how did you how did you get into this spiritual practice that you're talking about? When did when did that start for you? When did you decide to to pursue that route? <laughs> when I was called to. What do you know, mean I was, by that? I was introduced to so my transformation began in my physical body, and mm-hmm. I, I lost a bunch of weight, and I went to the gym. I started getting healthy. And I thought to myself, I always felt like in my heart, like what I would do in this world or what I was going to do in this world. And like, I would be driving to this job that I used to work at. In fact, me and Ryan Scribner used to work at it together in this yeah. dream job. I'm actually, you know, <laughs> I'm the catalyst for him, you know, leaving that job. Let's, you know, let's actually get into that right now because <laughs> I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners are familiar with Ryan. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be a very interesting story to hear how you influenced him and how you guys met. So can you first just talk about how you actually met Ryan? Yeah. So I was doing health and fitness coaching and Ryan had came to me for health and fitness advice. And at the time we were both working at National Grid and I'm a little older than Ryan and we're both making great money upwards of six figures. And Ryan's like 21 at the time, you know, you're trying to tell a kid that's making six figures at 21 years old to leave a job. But what had happened though was Ryan came to me and I always saw this, this light within Ryan. I always saw this like amazing energy within Ryan. And I was like, man, what is, what is that kid doing at this job? I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's like such a wasted potential 
for him to be here at this job. And I, I, I can't let him settle. He may get mad at me for telling him that he deserves so much more than being here. And like, here's the thing. Let me just preframe this, that the company that we were working for was, it is an amazing company, right? That's for people that want a job. That's for people that want that nine to five mentality. You go to work, you have somebody else tell you what to do. Me, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 11. So a job never really sat with me, even though like if I was going to have a job, it would be somewhere like that company where mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have to think and I would just be paid a lot of money to really not do anything. But my soul couldn't stand it. Hmm. My, my soul was yearning for more. What were you okay? doing there? I was doing construction. So it was electrical construction. And so I was working in the gas and electric department. And it was just basically doing like, you know, the electrical work for say like your house for the outside electrical or gas, hmm. gas meters and stuff like that. But it just, I mean, once again, for, I was in construction my whole life and it was, it was a good job, but like a job was not fulfilling to me. And hmm. I realized that I am the creator of my reality. Why am I relying on somebody else to provide me with a source of income? Why am I relying on somebody else to tell me what to do with my life? When, when I can go to the bathroom, when I can take a break, <laughs> when I could take vacation, you know? So I got to the point in my life where I'm just like, man, this doesn't make sense. So I set a, I set a plan in my mind because I had been working on myself. I got into personal development. I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. Maybe I'm sure you've read it in many oh, of yeah. your listeners. I preach on that it. all the time. Yeah, it's, it's a great introduction book to personal development. And, yep. you know, I read this book and I'm super inspired. And I, I walk in my mom's house. This story is funny. I walk in my mom's house, book in my hand. I'm like, mom, you got to read this fucking book. You got to read it. And I slam it on the table. <laughs> and she's like, she looks me dead in my eyes. She said, get out of my house. You're acting like a born again. And I'm like, wow. Okay. My mom hates me right now. Like, I'm just inspired. Like, and in that moment, I didn't see what was happening, but it was a greatest, one of the greatest lessons I ever learned, which was don't impose your ways on other people, especially mm. people that aren't ready to hear it. Yeah. You can want to help people, but never try to change someone. And that was one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had working in life coaching and doing these deep transformational, this deep transformational life work with people yeah. at an emotional level. So yeah, I started developing myself. I just started reading and becoming obsessed with, you know, going to seminars and, and listening to different speakers and whatnot and just really doing all this deep integrative work. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the personal development side of things. And then I really started developing like this intuition and started listening to my own self, becoming my own guru. And there's a great acronym for guru, which stands for G-U-R-U. Huh. Wow. wow. So what I, what I always teach, tell people right when I start working with them is I say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you what your soul already knows. Okay. What do you mean by that? You have the ability to go inwardly and find answers. Okay. And until you develop that ability, I highly recommend working with somebody that is in attunement with their own self so they can reflect back to you exactly what you need to hear, what you need to see, what the questions you're not asking yourself, those deep, hard questions. Because oftentimes when you have a realization, you're like, shit, I knew that all along. <laughs> mm, yep. Yeah. Right. Like when that. you read something in a book, you're like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Cause your soul already knew it. <laughs> right. So if, if something I've said, in, even in this interview to some, one of your listeners there, they're like, wow, that makes so much sense. Well, yeah. Cause your soul already knows the, that, but not saying 
coming from an ego standpoint, because there's a big difference between soul and ego. Ego is knows everything. It can't learn anything new. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people that like in Zen Buddhism, they have the theory of the beginner's mind, right? Where they, they talk about having a, a rice bowl mm-hmm. and imagine the rice bowl always being empty because if the rice bowl is full, like your mind, if it's always full, it can't receive any new wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I, I give the example of if you have a route that you drive to say the mall, mm-hmm. or maybe you have a route that you drive to the beach and maybe the beach is four hours away, but I come along and I say, well, listen, Apple, if you take this route, you can get there in two hours instead of four. Sounds pretty good to me. That's exactly what mentorship is, right? And yeah. that's what it allows you to see different perspectives or have different perspectives to, to help guide you to your own realizations. And that's kind of how I explain it to people. But back to, what, back to Ryan Scribner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of my brothers, one of my, one of my best friends, beautiful soul. And so I'm working at this job. I meet Ryan and I'm like, man, this kid is just so, so gifted. I'm like, I don't think he sees it. I don't think he sees how beautifully gifted he is right now. How do you mean gifted? Like what, what, what kind of gifted are we talking about? His, the way his mind works is so beautiful. It's so intricate. It can see things and numbers and strategies and things like that Hmm. in a way that is like, like an algorithm. Like his Mm -hmm. mind is like an algorithm. It's just so amazing how much information he processes and how he implements the information he knows and has. Yeah. A lot of people have information, but very few people actually apply the information they know. Yeah. People read books all day, but but they never take that time to actually sit, think with it, and then actually put it into practice. Yeah. So it's so true. So one thing I always tell people is whatever you learn, try to apply it. Yeah. If, If you read something in a book, and it's something that you feel really resonates with you, try to apply it in your life, whether 100%. it's a new meditation practice or a mantra or an affirmation or a breathing technique or a new exercise or a new food, a new herb, a new superfood. Implement that into your life and try it. And if it doesn't work, disregard it. Yeah. But I, I always just say to people, try it. If, it, if it. if it's a fit, try it. So I meet Ryan. He's at this job. I'm at this job. And <laughs> I just feel like such a great energy from him. I'm like, man, like there's something about this, this guy that is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you see it in him as well. Yeah. And ultimately we're seeing that in ourselves, right? Cause what we see in others, we see back in ourselves. What do you mean by that? Everyone's reflections of you. What do you mean we, by that? <laughs> we, we all come from the same source energy, right? And the only thing that separates us is our ego, is the physical form. But if you take off the physical form, there's an energy. That energy that's in you is the same energy that's in me. Wild. So, sit with that. So namaste means that I honor the light within you that I see within me. That's what namaste comes from in yoga. If you've ever heard namaste before. I'm going to have to listen to that again and sit with that. But yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> we, we won't go too deep here. <laughs> We're always going deep. I, I can't have in, not in-depth conversation. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's, that's a function yeah. that you have. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't operate. I operate at a soul, soul awareness, not ego awareness. That's, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling <laughs> in this conversation for sure. <laughs> so, but, but that means that you're growing if you're hearing something new, right? And, yeah, and 100%. You, if something doesn't resonate with you, I'm not, don't believe me. Go look it up for yourself. Go learn about yourself. Go research it yourself. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you'll find your own truth. And that's why I always tell people is what is your truth? What is yep. your truth to you? So I'm at this job with Ryan 
And I'm like, man, it's such a beautiful soul. Right. And so I'm, I get in my head, I'm like, I'm going to leave this job. Like I'm not, I'm not working at this job <laughs> no more. Right. So six months, I give myself a six month plan. I'm like, yeah, in okay. six months I'm out. And this is once again, this company making upwards of six figures. Yeah. Got a whole life planned out. Going to retire at 60, 401k. Got three weeks, mm-hmm. of, three weeks of vacation time, paid vacation, health benefits, the whole nine. Even what more dental. Could you ask for? Right. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. But I'm dying inside. I, yeah. was, I was slowly dying inside because I was working around miserable people mm. and I just felt like shit inside. I was just going to this job. I'm like, I can't be here. Like, I'm not serving the world. I'm not serving humanity. And so I, I give myself six months and Patience is something I've been working on, but I don't believe it in six weeks. I, I quit. I, I'll tell it, so I, I leave the job and basically on the first of the year, I like took all my vacation time and extended it out and basically left on the first and like basically made it look like I was going on a long vacation. And so my boss or my former boss, I don't like to even say that word, my former supervisor was he wrote me an email. He's like, Jake, are, are you quitting? Like two weeks <laughs> after I had been gone on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, shit, somebody must have told him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yes, I am. He goes, what? I actually need a former letter of resignation. So I wrote my letter of resignation on the plane to California that I was going to a seminar on. And I basically said like, you know, my, my time at the company has been great. Like I, I, I've, I feel like I've really enjoyed working here, blah, blah, blah. And I said that I'm just not living life on my terms. Mm-hmm. And my question for you is when are you going to start living life on your terms? To the boss, you asked that. In the letter. Wow. And I, and I said, you can, you can share this with whoever you feel called to share this from, with. So the next thing I know, I'm getting messages from people that I was friends with in different areas of the location that, cause there's different, what they call barns or different locations. Mm-hmm. And they all have what's called a hub board and they share the messages on the hub board. Mm-hmm. And my, my letter was posted <laughs> on every single hub board throughout the whole company. And this is, this is like a nationwide company. Like this is a huge company. I don't know if wow. it's nationwide, but it's in multiple different States. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I'm laughing my ass off. And I just thought it was, I thought it was so funny, man. Just because like it was, it was, everyone's like, dude, you're so bold. Like you're 25 years old and you're leaving this job that is like people in their fifties would still take, you know? So I'm like, yeah, I know, but just, just sit with it for a little bit and watch me over the next few years of my life and watch how I develop and what's going to happen. Cause I have a vision. Right. And then a few months after leaving, I wrote my book, The Power of Your Vision, How to Become a Visionary and Live Life on Your Terms. And I was just so inspired. I wrote the book in two weeks. I just sat down, channeled wow. the whole book. It was just like a download. Right. And then I type with two little, two little freaking fingers. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm with pounding you on the keyboard, little sausage fingers on the keyboard, pounding yep. away at it. And, and it was just funny, man. So I leave and I'm like texting Ryan because I had like, sat with Ryan. I gave him some health and fitness advice. But we went way deep into like personal development, spiritual development. Of wow. course. And so I kind of opened him in that conversation. Yeah. He started asking me different books to read and everything like that. And we became, we became close. And then like, he was still at the company. I'm like, Ryan, I'm like, you, you got to join me. And I feel like he, like he, I remember him telling me like he was actually getting jealous because of like what I was doing because I was like free. Like I escaped the matrix. I, I escaped the rat race. <laughs> yeah. So he was like kind of pissed at me. So I'm like, dude, why don't you just come join me? 
And he's like, why do you care so much? Like he literally got pissed at me. Right. But I'm like, no, I'm like, I can't give up on this kid. I'm like, I can't give up on him. I'm like, he's like my little brother. Like I'm not giving up on him right now. Mm -hmm. So finally I get the message one day. He's like, I left. I was like, no shit. Wow. I was like, dude, I'm so proud of you. You know? So, you know, that's kind of the story between him and I is just really funny. And it's just, he's such an awesome guy. And like, you know, I'm just really excited about, you know, future endeavors with him and I, and you know, yourself is coming in as well. Yeah. We are going to have some stuff to talk about in a little bit, but I think for now we're keeping it on the DL, but uh, I'm sure we'll have maybe you and Ryan back on for another episode. We get all three of us on here and, uh, talk about what we're working on at some point, but, um, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely cool stuff coming in the works. Yeah. It's always really exciting. And, you know, so I think it's about what's coming through right now is step one. If you are wanting to become an entrepreneur, I always ask people, why, why do you want to become an entrepreneur? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause if you don't know why you do something, it won't last. If you just do it for money purposes, if you're like, Oh, I want to become a millionaire. I want to become famous. Well, that's all ego shit. Yeah. And it will not last. It will burn out. You will feel unfulfilled. If you won't do this work for free, like I'm not getting paid to do this interview right now. If you wouldn't do this work for free, then don't do it. Hundred, hundred thousand percent. You mentioned the word entrepreneur. Uh, Do you, you consider yourself an entrepreneur? I assume. Yeah. I've been an entrepreneur for, well, if we want to give it labels, I've been an entrepreneur for, I would say my whole life, but you know, technically for four years, but you know, I've always, since I was 11 years old, man, I was mowing lawns and throwing hay. And you know, I never, I always never really could work at a job. The only job I really had was working at a national grid, that company. And you know, I was, I just always had this entrepreneurial spirit. Entrepreneurship to me means freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the rat race, freedom from the nine to five, freedom from having someone above you, having a boss, having someone tell you what to do, when to go to the bathroom, when to take a vacation. Like I was just saying, like freedom, right? And freedom, entrepreneurship is something that is a vehicle that we can use to further help others, service to others, to extend our service out into the world, extend our love out into the world, right? Because that's all businesses. All businesses is an extension of your love. And if you don't look at it as an extension of your love and just a way to make money, yep. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year, you won't feel fulfilled inside. Not at all. Not at all. I know a couple of the first ventures I went after were not at all driven by my passion at all. And first of all, I didn't even stick with them because I had no, had no like direct passion for it. I didn't care about what I was doing. And second of all, they just didn't go anywhere because the, the drive wasn't there. Like it wasn't important to me. So I didn't put the time and effort needed to make it succeed. So you really do. It does come down to, yeah, like you said, making your business an extension of your love and really just something that, that you really are truly invested in and really do want to succeed. So I think that's huge. And I just looked at the clock and we've been talking for a while. Um, so I'm thinking we can hop in to uh, some of the questions I'd like to finish the show with. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And uh, I know, I know you got very important things to do, very important things to work on. So uh, without further ado, we're just going to hop right into uh, those. And uh, the first of which is uh, what are you, what are you excited about right now? So whether that be a project that you're working on a, a development in, in the wider world or just something, something that's going on right now, what are you excited about? And what's getting you going? This present moment. Mm. 
not enough people are in that space. I am so excited to be here in this moment with you and your listeners. I really am honored to be here. I'm honored to have you here, man. You've been dropping uh, some serious, serious knowledge bombs, insight bombs, just like so much. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this at least three times because <laughs> there's just been so much that here that I really need to like sit with and digest. So I really I'm excited I just, about the breath that I just took in and mm, the breath that I just let go of. I'm excited that I have my health. Yeah. I'm excited that I have amazing relationships. I'm excited that I have amazing friends. I'm excited to have a thriving coaching business. I'm excited to have a great loyal following on Instagram and other social media platforms. Yep. I'm excited that I'm alive. I'm excited that I'm in this physical body. I'm excited that I have connected to the source within me. Mm. Huge, huge, huge things and things that I personally take advantage of and I'm sure our listeners are taking advantage of as well because you don't think about that. You don't think about how lucky you are to just be here in your body with your health and in this mental space. Like there's, there's so much to be grateful for and there's so much to, to be excited. And in about. your heart space as well. Yeah. Everywhere, man. Just, just everything that has been given to us is just, it's, it's massive and it's, it's stuff that every single day I'm, I'm not thinking about. So I, I need to be like, like we talked about in our last chat and we can, I, I'm excited to have you back on at some point to talk about a whole host of other things that I want to talk with you about. But intentionality was something that we really hit home with on, on our first chat. And I think that's something that I'm really trying to implement a lot more is just being intentional with, with where I'm at and where I'm going. So that's huge. The, the next thing that, that I want to ask you about is, is do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? Can be uh, lifestyle, can be business related, can be really mm -hmm. anything related. Great question. I love that question. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think we all should have what I like to call rituals. Okay. Mm. I think we can develop habits and oftentimes they're unhealthy. Yeah. You know? So I think rituals have served me greatly, like having a morning ritual, right? What's so, the distinction between a ritual <clears throat> and a habit for you? I think ritual to me is more of a, a deeper connection. Like this is my ritual. Versus like, if you think about like a habit, it's like habit almost to me has like a negative vibration to it. Like I have a habit of doing this. Like when you hear the word habit, it's not always good. Right. Mm. So to me, ritual, I, I associate it to be for my perception. I mean, mm. you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. If you call it a daily habit, I don't ever think of like a habit is like, when you hear someone talk about a habit, it's awesome. Like I have such a bad habit of doing this. Like but a you don't ever hear you're stuck in rather right. than a, a thing that you're trying to develop. You don't ever hear someone say, I have a bad ritual. Of yeah, doing yeah, this, yeah. You know? So I, I look at, I look at my rituals, my daily rituals, my daily routines, and I try not to be too routine with things. And that's, I think that's kind of my secret behind things is allow the flow of life of change to penetrate you. Okay. Don't be so rigid and structured in your life that you get stressed out when something doesn't go exactly planned because Oftentimes, if something doesn't go exactly planned, that's just the universe clearing space for you to allow the next right thing, in, the thing that's a better fit for you. So just let that go. Don't attach yourself to it. That's you know, something I try to practice every day is non-attachment, okay? Mm. So a, a daily ritual, if you want to call it that, <clears throat> is truly practicing non-attachment, okay? And not being attached to the outcome of things, not being attached to expectations, not being attached to a toxic relationship, right? Like actual unconditional love is non-attachment. Hmm. And that's a hard one for a lot of people to understand. 
okay? And non-attachment, unconditional love basically means, unconditional love basically means I love you. I just want you happy, whether that's with me or without me. I just want to see you happy. And that's truly unconditional love. Whether that means you being with somebody else or not being with me at all, unconditional love, that is unconditional love. So I, that's a form of non-attachment, okay? So I'm not attached. I choose to not be attached to things because in Buddhism, they talk about how attachment is the root of all suffering. And when we attach ourselves to things and we cling to things, we look at things as lost when they're taken from us. So I try to practice consciously non-attaching to things and just not clinging to things because when we cling, the harder we cling, the harder it is to let go of things. So that's one thing that I do. Breathing. <sighs> Literally, if, if you're not familiar with breath work, check out um, Wim Hof, W-H-I-M-H-O-F-F. It's a great resource for breathing exercises. There's so many different breathing exercises you can do, but truly breath is so tied to emotion that like when we're stressed out, when we're anxious, I'm telling you, just take 10 deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And I like, what I like to do with my hands, I sit up straight or if you're standing even better, mm-hmm. I like take my hands and I run them up my body like the breath is coming up and then I push it back out. Mm-hmm. So as I inhale, I'm receiving the beauty. As I exhale, I'm releasing anything that doesn't serve me. So receiving, exhaling, like releasing negativity. So I'm inhaling positivity, releasing negativity. Inhaling positivity, releasing negativity. So conscious breathing throughout the day, even doing the deep breath work. That's another thing that I like to do. Meditation is a huge part of my life. And I don't just meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. I try to meditate all day. Okay. Meditation is a, is a state of mindfulness. Okay. So meditation is when hmm, the driver cuts you off in traffic in front of you mm-hmm. and you don't flip off. You just stay in your meditation, your state of Zen, your state of mindfulness. Okay. So that's meditation to me. And obviously sitting down in the morning for 15 or 20 minutes <clears throat> and just being with yourself and meditating, you know, that's a huge huge thing as well. And if you're new to meditation, start with guided meditations. I even have some guided meditations on my podcast, the awake with Jake show. I love, I love guided meditations, especially for people that aren't great at meditating yet. The thing with meditation is as soon as you sit down, your mind is going to want to flee. Yeah. It's going to want to run. Okay. I always tell people that the path to enlightenment is not outside of you. It's inside of you. We get, we become enlightened to shine the light within through going within and getting quiet and, and be quieting the mind, quieting the chatter, okay? In that little space inside of us and we quiet down, we start to hear the voice within, the intuition. What are some strategies to quiet that chatter? Because I'm sure <clears throat> myself personally, a lot of our listeners might have a lot of stuff going on in our heads all the time. And just because we're so busy and we're running between all these different things, how, what are some strategies? What are like some quick little things that people can do to sort of start that process of quieting down some of that chatter if they're trying to, to just to really center themselves. You're a great interviewer, by the way. You really are. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> seriously. You know, you really are. Just be seriously, just be like practice, set aside time during the day to literally just be. And you know, a, a yogic practice or yogi practice that they do is they literally take a candle Mm-hmm. and this I've done this before it's awesome they take a candle they light a candle in a dark room they just stare at the candle for as long as they can and what you're doing is you're concentrating you're, con- you're disciplining the mind to focus on one thing just watching the flicker of the flame hmm. 
So, or you could do it, you could do it with anything. You could sit here and stare at a plant for 20 minutes. You could sit there and stare at the wall for 20 minutes. Just be doing nothing at certain times. Because remember this, we are human beings, okay? We're not human doings. Mm. Right? I, I really like that. I heard you say that earlier and I'm like, wow, I really, really like that. Right. Just think about the being, okay? So there's a big difference between knowing mm-hmm. and being. We have a lot of knowledge at our fingertips. It's all around us. Oh, yeah. But when are you actually being? When are you being present? When are you being loving? When are you being compassionate? When are you being playful? When are you being aware? Mm, That's huge. And for me personally, like my business is sort of like my personal brand and social media. And it's so easy to get caught up in doing that in very important moments in my life. And in times where I, I, I really do just need to like step back and I've been getting a lot better at that lately, but it is still something that is very, very present for me that is I I am very distracted a lot of the time because I'm not being I'm not like giving my full energy and attention to what I'm actually doing in that very moment so I think that's huge and and it really it's so so important to really just be a hundred percent with whatever you're focusing on whether that be work whether that be play whether that be staring at a wall like as long as you're a hundred percent with what you're doing for me that's just been so so impactful and being able to implement that more and more into my life has been something that's really changed a lot of things for me so I think that's huge and really focusing on the being is, is a huge takeaway they got from our first conversation. So I, I'm really glad you brought that up again because I think it's a really, really valuable takeaway for our listeners. Um, so thank you very much for that. One thing that I would like to say too is yeah. wherever, wherever you are, be there. 100,000% with that, man. It's, it's, so, it's so essential because you can just get carried away doing all this unimportant stuff and not, and not realizing where you are in that very moment. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so with you on that. That's, that's huge. And that's something I've really been trying to implement myself. The next thing I want to ask you is, is, are you consuming any content right now? Like, do you have any people, whether that be on Instagram, YouTube, books you're reading, podcasts you're listening to, is there any content that you are consuming and getting a lot of value from right now? (laughs) So over the years, I have been a massive consumer of yeah. a lot of things outside of me. And I mean, 99% of us are. Right. And one of the most valuable things that I've learned to do is start going inwardly and consuming my own energy, my own feelings. Mm. Very interesting. How do you get started doing that? By meditating. That's, by that's be- real, I guess. That's by, by, being, by being aware, turning inward. You know, I think uh, it's an inside out journey, man. Wow. Wow, that's very interesting because earlier- So you, you look, at, look at it like this, man. You look at a tree okay. and its foundation is rooted in the ground where you can't see the ground. It's inside the ground, right? Mm-hmm. All you see is the tree, but mm-hmm. it has a root system that's spread out, especially a big tree, maybe 50, 60 feet each yeah. way. So it's, its foundation is so deep, maybe 20 feet in the earth. You don't see that, okay? So that- that mindfulness practice, whatever you want to call it, that meditation, whatever you're doing, is that foundation, is that mindfulness, is that connection to your own source within here. Hmm. You know, a couple, I'll give a couple names of people that I've studied very yeah. diligently and still refer to from time to time. And I, I like to read every day too, honestly. And honestly, for more at this point of just a reflection, just a good reflection of knowing and feeling that when I hear something that resonates with me, hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Ram Das, R-A-M-D-A-S-S, I feel is a beautiful soul and I've studied him for a long time. 
and also Abraham Hicks, H-I-C-K-S, Abraham Hicks. And both of those people are beautiful spiritual teachers. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of amazing spiritual teachers out there. What I, what I always invite people to do and, and think about is this personal development is for you. Like it's for you, your, your self-development. It's personal. Yes. Spiritual development is for the well-being of all. Hmm. What's the distinction there? Like how, how do you distinguish between when you're doing personal development and when you're doing spiritual development? Well, you just, when you're in your mind a lot and you're in your thoughts and you're feeling like you need to be motivated constantly, that's more of like a personal development phase. You go okay. in, you know, that's kind of what I went through for a long time, you know, yeah. years, of, you know, going to seminars, mentors and all that stuff. And it, it's a part of it. It's part of the journey because I don't know, well, maybe, well, that's not true because everyone has a different journey, but you know, there's, then there's a the spiritual side of things where you're really just being, you're practicing presence, you're practicing meditation, which I was doing in the personal development phase. Mm -hmm. But then I started, here's what shifted for me. Okay. Spiritual development really means compassion and love and like really seeing the, the other humans with you as a mm. part of you. You're seeing other people as a part of your own self. And then that's seen through the lens of love and compassion, which to me is, is really, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have different references to what spirituality means. I think we all have different perceptions of it, but oh, yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's about love and compassion. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that little segment again, because there was a lot said there that just kind of went like, Poop. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll land when it's supposed to, you know, don't try to, don't try to figure it all out right now. And this is for everybody listening. Don't try to figure it all out right now. No one has it all figured out. And I, I've spent years doing this work. And before that, I spent years feeling the pain. So I always tell people, you know, start small. It's a small little subtle changes that you make in your every single day, every single life, every single moment mm -hmm. that leads you to the big transformations in your life. Okay. You don't just wake up one night and lose 50 pounds overnight. You, you eat, start eating healthy. And that's another thing. I eat a lot of superfoods. I eat very, very dense, nutrient dense foods. Mm -hmm. So I eat hundred percent plant-based diet. I've been plant-based wow. vegan for over two years. Right. And you know, that's just what my body likes. Yeah. My body, my, my body likes more of a karma-free diet where I'm not eating something that's been slaughtered. And then I'm eating the energy of that food, right? Mm -hmm. Everything carries a vibration with it. Yep. You consume, th consume something that's been killed. Well, I mean, this is a whole other conversation we yeah. can literally do a whole episode <laughs> on. But just, you know, just things to think about. So nutrition, meditation, mindfulness, awareness, self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? That's huge. And, you know, if, if you're looking for guidance, if you're looking for mentorship, whether it's me or somebody else, have somebody help you. Have yeah. somebody support you. Have somebody hold you accountable. I think mentorship is huge, huge. And... That's why I got into life coaching because I loved it so much. I was like, shit, I want to help people transform their lives. This is amazing. 100%, man. I was actually just listening to a podcast this morning where a mentor of mine was being interviewed. And, and the biggest thing that he said, one of his biggest lessons in life was that he wished he would have taken on a mentor sooner. He said he probably could have saved about four years of his life making mistakes on his own and struggling on his own if he would have just ponied up uh, like a couple hundred dollars a month to pay somebody to teach him these things and to help him through the struggles that he was going through. And, and he said he could have saved four years of his life. And I just 
blew me away because I mean, where he's at now and where he could have, could have been and where he's still going. But I mean, like mentorship, I think that's huge. And, that, and personally, I've been investing a lot more in mentors and in developing myself through connecting with people who are at the levels that I want to get to. So I think that's a huge, huge takeaway. And what you said about taking things one step at a time, like if you're going from nothing to trying to meditate all day, every day, that, that's not going to work well for you. You have to take these little steps. You have to, um, try things like just just sitting there for for 15 minutes and just being present whether that's with guided meditation or just staring at a flame or a wall and, and it is just really those little little steps that do compound over time if you are consistent and if you really stick with them and i can't i can't agree with you more on on those things that you brought up uh, something that I, I i find very interesting with people is is hearing about what they do that isn't scalable so for me personally I like to send video messages to all of my followers. I'll usually pick like five to 10 people a day to just like film a little video on Instagram and say what's up to just to like greet them because they're taking the time to consume my content. So I want to be grateful for that and thank them. So I'm always interested to hear what my guests do that doesn't scale. So what are uh, maybe one or two things that you do, whether that's in your business or in your life that aren't scalable, things that you can't mass produce, but you do them because of either the impact they have on people or just because the results that they, that they provide are so significant for you. Like a personal touch. Is that what you're asking? Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of like yeah. a personal touch, something that you couldn't just like copy and paste and send right. to people in an email. I think actual human connection is what a lot of our world is lacking. I think meeting people for coffee or, yeah. you know, whatever you do, meeting somebody in the physical is what our world is lacking. I think that that's huge. And it's so beautiful too when you can sit down and have like an in-depth conversation. So yeah. invite somebody to go grab coffee or lunch or whatever with you. I think just being in the presence of somebody else that is like-minded is, is really impactful. It's even, you know, Zoom video is beautiful, right? This is like the second best thing that you can do. Yeah. Texting, texting is like ruining the world. And <laughs> I know it's not ruining the world. It just, it creates a disconnect, right? True, we, very true. Because the thing, the thing with, well, I can, but the thing with, for the most part, um, and here's what I want to say. I, I, I have the ability to feel energy through a text, through, a, through an emotion. You know, it's, but I've developed that over time. Yeah, but oftentimes, energetically, you can't feel a vibration through a text until you really tune into it and sit with it. It's really hard. Yeah, so, I know I can't. Yeah, it's hard, man. But that's what I'm saying is that it kind of dulls the human connection. So I think human connection is so important. And I think that that personal touch, like what you're saying, like I send videos to my, my followers just to show them appreciation. And yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that's what you do, but you yeah. sound like you send videos. I think appreciation is huge too. Like just telling people like, Hey, like I really appreciate you just sending you some love today. I hope you have a great day. Yep. You know, that means a lot to people. And I think appreciation is huge. And I, I try to do that every day. I always show gratitude for, for the, for, for the things in my life, for the people in my life. And personal touch, like actual physical, like connection with somebody, like uh, saying, going to meet them for a coffee or whatever that, you know, lunch, whatever, tea, whatever you do. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm trying to think, that's such a good question. I'm trying to think of like a couple other things that I do every day that allow me to make it. I think vulnerability too, honestly, Apple. Yeah. Vulnerability is huge. Being, being transparent in a world of In a world of filters. Yeah, people aren't willing to be their true selves and, and their full selves because they want to they wanna protect themselves. They don't want to be so open and, and take that risk. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of how vulnerable I am. Mm -hmm. I'll, re I'll read you a post from my, my last Instagram post. Mm -hmm. 
So this is, this is, it's called the 10 year challenge that's going on right now. Oh, I actually just saw that before we hopped on here. At 18 years old, I was lost. I was angry. I was getting blackout drunk two to four nights a week. I was fighting. I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to sugar. I was addicted to validation from others. I had a 1.7 GPA in college and showed up to class drunk most of the time. I was 80 pounds heavier than my current weight and I had no sense of direction in life. The man you see on the right is a person who shows up fully each day, even when I don't feel like it. I spent years working on myself, crafting my intuition, doing the deep soul work to release the demons that had their hooks deep into my soul. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable or transparent. I used to be. I used to care what everyone thought of me. Now I am free. I am able to, I'm able to consciously create and manifest my visions. I have clarity. I am connected to myself. I am connected to the source within me. I am whole. I am complete. I love you. I appreciate you. I am you. Wow. That's, that's some serious, serious channeling and some serious vulnerability right there. I know personally, my Instagram's got a way to go if, if I'm going to get to that level with people. But that, that is the place where I want to get to eventually. That's how we connect, man. Vulnerability. Yeah. 100 100% I, I completely completely agree with that and it's it's tough it's tough especially at first to to get there but but once you get there I feel like it's it's easier to stay there but but I'll have to I'll have to see and get that experience on my own to really be able to feel that mm. uh, the last thing is just like where can people go to find out more about you and what you're up to and, and really connect with you further if they're interested in, in learning more about what you're up to right yeah so I do a lot on Instagram my, my <laughs> handle is underscore Jake J-A-K-E, Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. Mm-hmm. And I do, I put a lot of my stories and my page there. I have a podcast as well. We just, we're about to hit 50 episodes. Nice. And, you know, I got some amazing guests on there. I do a lot of episodes, solo episodes myself. That's the Awake with Jake show. All That's right. available on iTunes. It's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, all of it. And you know, I got a lot up my sleeve with that. A lot of, a lot of amazing guests coming on for that as well. So those are my two, my two my two main platforms, I have Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. I do Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash awake with Jake. And then I have YouTube as well. And I, I try posting my, my interviews on YouTube. If, if your followers are more on YouTube, I have some content on YouTube. Perfect. And my, my website is also just jakewoodard.com, W-O-O-D-A-R-D.com. All right. So that's pretty much, you know, and uh, if you close your eyes and, and you feel yourself in your heart, you'll start to feel the same place that I feel. And that one, that oneness, that connection. <laughs> that is a beautiful way to end the episode. Jake, thank you so much for spending your time with our I listeners. Would like to, I would like to just leave your, with your listeners with this. And for the, people that, for the people that truly tuned into this whole episode, I'm so grateful for you. I'm really appreciative. Thank you. And I want to leave you with this. You are enough. You are worthy. And you are loved. Hmm. I love that. Thank you very much for your time here, Jake. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure our listeners really got a lot of this conversation. You dropped a lot of value bumps here, man. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Of course, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, 
All you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast page for Young Smart Money and click on the Write a Review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.